It's the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour. 30 ish minutes of sketch comedy, improv, songs, and whatnot pulled from the audio archives of Duck Logic, a Chicago improv group that produced their own two hour comedy show called The Cavalcade that played on WLUP AM 1000 radio in Chicago back in the day. Plus, there's some new stuff thrown in for good measure. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a kooky stroll down memory lane with Duck Logic because they're wacky comedy guys. Just a bunch of comedy guys. Funnier than they realize. Those wacky, kooky, cut-up comedy guys. Duck Logic presents the story of a man who fought against immeasurable odds for acceptance, only to throw it all away when he realized his own self-worth. There's more to it than that, though, so stay tuned as we present the story of a bald man's braids. Mr. and Mrs. Sauer, you may now go in to see Dr. Feelgood. Thank you, and I do hope it's good news. Don't count on it. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Sauer. Please, take a seat. Okay, drop the pleasantries, Doc. What's the bad news? You've seen through my thin veneer, Mr. Sauer. I wish I was a better actor. But then I suppose a lot of actors wish they were better doctors. Yeah, I suppose. Just tell us what you know about our new son. Your new son, I understand you still haven't named him, is in perfect physical condition, except for one minor disorder. Gosh darn it, doctor. Tell us what's wrong. Don't treat us like a bunch of children. We can take it. Your son is bald now and will remain bald throughout his whole life. There is nothing you can do about it. His scalp contains not even a trace of the faintest remnant of a follicle, and his head is too round to ever provide a stable platform on which one might rest a hairpiece or other such prosthesis. My son bald? I feel faint. My God, Doctor, I didn't think your news could be this bad. God, I, I need a drinking problem. Somebody get me a drinking problem. Nurse, escort the Sours out of here and stop by the nursery to pick up their freak child before he infects the healthy infant. The Sour family took their new child home. He was christened Baldy in a ceremony which the church later denied ever having taken place. The youngster's life was one of sadness and loneliness, rejected by even his parents. Gosh, nobody loves a bald kid. I wish I'd never been born, Mother. That makes it unanimous. It's too late for wishful thinking. But nothing could prepare young Baldy Sauer for the cruel treatment of his fellow classmates in grammar school. He was an immediate target of their scorn and was soon struck with the hated nickname, Jeff. More creative classmates developed rhymes. Baldy Sauer, Baldy Sauer, got no hair, needs a shower. Baldy Sauer, Baldy Sauer, let's ostracize him because he's unique. Somehow, the young Baldy survived his formative years and found himself a young man, facing a world of even greater indifference and particular prejudice than that of his youth. Everywhere he turned, there were voices of petty hatred. Jabs! Jabs! Come here to get a jab! Unless you're bald! What's that you say? You're bald? The rent has just gone up! In fact, I've just run out of vacancies! Good riddance! The nerve of some people! There was only one person on earth who would talk to Baldy, old Judge Scales down the lane. Well, hello there, young sour. Hi, Judge. Flip a coin, young man. See if I shine your head today or you shine it yourself. Heads. 
It, it is. Shall I do you then? Thanks, Judge. Just one coat today. Say, Judge, do you think I could be president someday? <laughs> Not with that head. No, sir. Do you think I could become a judge like you? Nobody trusts a bald man. You know that, son. Do you think I'll ever find love? <laughs> Don't make me laugh, boy. I'm trying to buff your temple. <laughs> Judge, I've got an idea. What if I soak my head in hair tonic all night long? Baldy hair tonic only works when there's already a trace of hair. I'm afraid all you'd get from that is bad dreams. The judge's comment gave Baldy the best idea he ever had. Hair tonic only worked where hair already existed. Baldy had plenty of fine hairs in the lobe of his ear. That night, he soaked his ears in tonic. Three days later, he woke to find his ears thick with short hairs. A week later, these hairs hung down to reach his shoulder, and two weeks later, they made it to his waist. Baldy decided it was time to show the world. Not sure what kind of reception he might get, he ventured carefully down the street, his hair neatly braided and tucked up under a cap. People were polite for once. One person even looked him in the eye. Excited, he arrived at the judge's house. Why, Baldy, how do you get that hat to stay on your head? It should be sliding off such a smooth surface. Just wait till you see, Judge. My goodness, the boy has hair, braids even. He'll be famous. Great gosh almighty, holy calamity, wow! Soon enough, the judge's predictions came true. Everyone wanted to see the bald man with braids. He was given honorary degrees, delivered speeches, and his story was made into a TV movie, a movie, a TV series, and a documentary in that order. He was present at three presidential inaugurations, and his finest hour had to be when the president actually consulted him in a time of dire need. Yes, the world had finally accepted him, Baldy was the talk of the town. Extra, extra, bald man makes good, has braids. Welcome to the barber shop, Joe. Same as usual? Uh, no, I want you to make me look just like the fella on the cover of this magazine. I must have had 30 requests for that cut already today. Sorry, Joe, but your hair follicles are all on top of your head. Your ears aren't nearly bushy enough. Darn, some guys have all the luck. Ellen, listen, I just saw that movie star Baldy Sauer on TV. Isn't he adorable? Oh, I wish my Frank were more like him. Braves to die for! And now, the commencement speaker for the Harvard class of 1978, Mr. Baldy Sauer. Today, I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. My braids have taken me from a life of obscurity to a life of renown. As you venture out into the world, you'll soon realize braids and knowledge go hand in hand. Thank you and good night. Baldy had everything except one true love. But soon enough, he found that in the eyes of a young movie actress named Louise Louise. They met at a high society party and hit it off immediately. The couple spent every waking moment together. Baldy Sauer had finally found happiness. Oh, Lulu, 
these last few months have been heaven, and tomorrow when we marry, that heaven will last an eternity. Baldy, my heart beats with yours. Together we are one. And tomorrow, as soon as the ceremony is over, I'm going to cut off these braids, and the world will leave us alone forever. <gasps> cut off your braids? No! Then I wouldn't love you. The marriage is off. Oh, wait, come back, come back here. You mean you only love me for my braids? Could everyone's love for me be that shallow? Do people only value me for the way I wear my hair? Is that all it is? Yes. George, I thought you died five years ago. I did, Baldy. I'm here in spirit. Judge, I can't believe it. I feel so betrayed. Tell me it's not true. Well, I could, but then I'd be lying to you like all the others. Baldy, my boy, the world is full of shallow people. And you were just as shallow to be fulfilled by their empty gifts. Besides, son, no one could ever truly love a bald man. Baldy Sauer cut off his beautiful braids to spite the world. He moved to a small shack high in the mountains where he lived alone the rest of his life. Before he died, he wrote these words. A rock, a tree, a tree, a rock, a child's at play with only one block. And so ends the story of A Bald Man's Braids. Enjoy the evening watching a paradise on skates. Enjoy your holiday with Illinois on ice. You'll fall in love with the Todd and Artie Schlock puppets and their oversized Joe the Love Potato on ice. Watch the Love Spud do figure eights in a Zamboni recliner. It's an amazing likeness right down to the oversized drool. Children, take a trip to the enchanted world of Starbeats where you'll see grown-ups acting half your age and thrilled to the sounds of your parents slurring their way through all the Christmas carols ever written. Enjoy the exciting Olympic ice dance team of the Doppelgangers, a couple that looks and skates exactly alike. Close your eyes and you're transported to Nevada and the Moolah Mall, Illinois' favorite tourist trap on ice. End the evening with Illinois Elvis impersonator Anthony LeClaire and the Duck Logic Lupet's Ice Review as the only midget black Elvis singer rolls through Elvis's own Christmas tunes on ice skates. And it's all at the Illinois Ice Complex Hut. It's a family way to spend the holiday on ice. My wife found a... Uh a weighted blanket at an estate sale that was really super cheap, like 20 bucks. And so she bought it. And so, and then we went out and got another one. And so we got like, we sleep with two weighted blankets. Have you know a weighted blanket? Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. It just keeps it wrapped around you or it's like, it's literally a, it, it's a weight a, on the blanket. It gives it, it gives you weight and put pressure on your body and it gives a very comforting thing. Yeah. So do you, either of you guys, do you have one? Do you, either of you guys? No. I don't have one, but we we don't sleep with a, a like one of those light type fluffy comforter things. We sleep with layers of of blankets that actually kind of build up a weight. And I I've slept with an electric blanket, and that feels kind of weighted. No, this is weighted, but it's 
this is, I mean, you're talking about like 20 pounds, right? 25 pounds, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be 10% of your body, five to 10% of your body weight is the rule of thumb. It's quilted. So there's little pockets of whatever it is. And I've, sometimes it's poly beads and sometimes it's, I guess, metal. And you know, like when you get x-rays at the dentist and they, they put the lead shield on your chest and give you cancer. Yes. It feels like that. It's that heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> I swear I'm sleeping better. It is kind of just a, ah, oh, kind of. Oh, it's supposed to calm you, supposed to, you know, help with all sorts of mental illness. <laughs> Have you washed it yet? <laughs> I don't think you're really supposed to. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't know how you can. I think you bring it outside and hose it down every once in a while. Just hang it on the line. <laughs> Disinfectant. I'll look it up, how to clean it. What, what, what do you think we do? do I just- My imagination is going wild. He's got a very heavy Petri dish on his hands. I I haven't been wetting the bed. Are you sure? Yet. No, oh, well. We're getting we're getting it up there. I wear the nighttime diaper. Yes. My incontinence is getting much better. Thank you very much. I used to give my brother when we were growing up what we would call the mummy tuck. And basically you tuck him in for the night, but then you'd you'd, you'd literally push the covers all around, all around the body, keep squeezing him in or until it was real. Tight. He loved that. And he would just Ugh, and go to sleep almost immediately. Uh, so the mummy tuck replicated at least some of that feeling of being wrapped in right i mean with the weight except it doesn't have that heaviness of the weight there's a lot of pounds man That's yeah like, it doesn't really wrap around it just like lays on top of you just lays on top of you i don't know how this you don't have a um you know it doesn't have a heating element to it it's just a, it's just no, the weight it, it's supposed to be it, it, it is warmer than a regular blanket because it's got so much crap in it you know i guess it's probably not unlike you know where people's sleep with their dogs or whatever on top of them it's kind of the same sort of thing it's a mm. week you wear pajamas are you a pajama wearer or are you naked all natural um in college i was you know pretty much slept without any sort of pjs or just pretty much naked or maybe in my underwear i don't know yeah you know because i'm in college yeah but i tried it once recently and i just it was hot i was just hot for some reason i didn't like it I only slept naked for a short period of time, like sometime in my 20s when I, when I had a waterbed, I would sleep naked. It didn't last for, it didn't last for long. <laughs> I find these days, that the weird thing that these days, I, I wear more clothes to bed than I do walking around the house in the daytime. That's what's weird. I have like a, I'll wear like- You don't put on a tie, do you? <laughs> You're right. I have a tie and I, I got a fedora. I wear a fedora and a, and a little bow tie that I tie myself. <laughs> You're right. Maybe a pipe. That's nice. And spats. That's nice bedwear. And and then the weighted blankets. <laughs> my my dad slept in legitimate PJ tops, the kind that you would see on you know Ward Cleaver on the Leave It to Beaver kind of thing, where there's like a little lapel and buttons and stuff. Just but just the tops, <laughs> naked from the waist down. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it was like, okay, I don't, all right. I usually see it the other way around. It's a look. And, you know, it's a look. It's a- many times I would see my dad getting up and wandering over to the bathroom with us all together, just kind of hanging there and blowing in the wind. Some people like a little aeration. Walk in the bathroom because it, it wasn't a long top. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like covered, you know, like ta- there's no <laughs> tails was, like a shirt. It would literally be like around <laughs> his waist and then the rest would just be. I don't know. Me got hot down there, I guess. I don't know. It was, it was like, okay, but you wore the shirt. That's the other thing. You wore the top. That's what's kind of. Maybe it's one of those things where you realize you may not get the bottoms off before you, you need them to be. So if they're already off, when you get to the bathroom, bang, you're ready to go. 
I would, well, I remember my father just wearing a t-shirt and the um, fashion statement <laughs> and the underwear, the boxer shorts. And he would come down the stairs know. in them. And we had a song about him. <laughs> my dad gets up in the morning, scratch, scratch, scratch. Um, yeah, my parents always wore, wore, wore pajamas. I, mean, I, was, I was a loner. And then I met Linda, but she was already doing the same thing. So it worked out great for us. The other thing is we went mattress shopping. It was one of these things where they had like a scientific, they were going to show you how, what you needed for support and the points of the thing. And the guy was like, well, okay. So you're going to, it was like a little movie we had to watch. And after that, I was like, well, it's okay. We're going to be, how, how, what's your position in when you're sleeping? You sleep on your back? You say, and I showed him how I primarily sleep literally flat on my belly. Like I fell out of a roof, you know, fall off, fell five stories to the cement where I'm just like, like Mulholland, like Mulholland Falls. I I don't know. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that movie. You ever saw the Mulholland Falls where that's where they find the woman's body. She's, I thought she was rolled over by a steamroller. Ah, no, never. At a construction site, but she she was pushed out of planes. Yeah. So that's me. I'm like Mulholland. Where's your, your head's to the right or left though, right? Your head's not straight down. No, (laughs) no. They they have, you know, you mean like a massage chair kind of thing where your head's like through a donut? No, no. Well, oddly, you have to kind of switch, you know, because your neck gets kind of wonky if you go just one side the whole night. So I'm showing him this flat on my face. And he just started, he likes laughed. He was laughing at me. I thought that was one of the options of how people- me too. But I'm like, okay, you're a terrible salesman laughing at the way I sleep. Okay. Just let's start there. Yeah. And he goes, well, you don't ever like, I go, no, how do you control where you, how do you control the position in your sleep? You're sleeping with weighted blankets. Yes. There you go. This will hold me down. <laughs> it could be. Well, thanks guys. Thanks for putting up with us. And we're going to continue on with the other half of the show. Hey, I'm thinking this would be a great time to play another groovy holiday tune off our wholly created, owned, and copyrighted by Duck Logic album called Holiday Holcomb. Available now on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, I think, and wherever else fine comedy music parodies are streamed. So enjoy. We'll be better next week. No. <laughs> ah, probably not, but listen in anyway to see. It's worth the time it takes. It's all for now. Turn out the lights on your way out. Christmas night, the relatives are coming. It is the night that we dread once a year. They've all brought the same old covered dishes. We give thanks cause the fridge is filled with beer. A thrill of hope. We hear the Knicks are playing, but kids' cartoons is probably what we'll see. Hide in the John. Oh, hear them talking politics. Oh, night resigned. Oh, night be over soon. Oh, night resigned. Xmas tree, oh Xmas tree, your beauty stays fantastic. Though attic store through summer's heat, when winter comes, still green and neat. Oh Xmas tree, oh Xmas tree, because your boughs are plastic. Oh Xmas tree, oh Xmas tree, you make it all so easy. A couple squares of pine tree spray, and you smell real throughout the day. Oh, Xmas tree, oh, Xmas tree, you're not the least bit cheesy. 
Oh, Xmas tree, oh, Xmas tree, you fill the season with cheer. If only your sweet ornaments could be glued on and permanent. Oh, Xmas tree, I jump with glee when I unpack you each year. Deck the malls for Christmas season, fa la 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 Way before there is good reason, fa la 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 Halloween is barely finished, fa la 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 Thanksgiving's being diminished, fa la 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 Hang up all the glitz and sparkle, fa la 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 Replacing what was patriarchal, fa la 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 They bank on our yearly spending, fa la 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 To keep their profits never ending, fa la 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 The whole damn thing is pretty funny, fa la 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 Since none of us has any money, fa la 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 It's funny because it's true. There was a bit to me. The airplane. It was a parody of a United Airlines commercial with Rhapsody in Blue in it. The commercials they ran at the time were like, it's the 8.30 get me to the office meeting on time flight. It's a such and such meeting, blah, blah, blah flight. But the bit that we did was it's the lose a wheel on takeoff and smash into the blow up on the runway air disaster. And it's so da 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 da, and then it was like you know all the different air disasters. <laughs> from what I understand, Johnny got a call like immediately from I want to say Leo Burnett because they were doing the United Airlines. They were a, they were a sponsor. United Airlines was a sponsor of his, and it never said United Airlines. And all the air disasters were not all United Air disasters. But Rhapsody in Blue pretty much made it a United Airlines commercial. Yeah, because that was their song for like decades. Yeah, I, I was kind of proud of that. And now, Duck Logic puts the joke in context. It was one of the top three worst years in aviation history. Air disaster after air disaster grabbed the world's headlines. All told, 11 or more major crashes, mostly with foreign airlines. One major air carrier, and not any of the ones that had an air crash, thought instead of emphasizing their safety record, they'd hang their advertising hats on their on-time record for business travelers. Well, that of course seemed ripe for parody. The Duck Logic jokester sprang into action and whipped up this satirical bit, dropped it off with Jonathan Brandmeier's WLUP morning radio show, and listened while he played it on the air, a total of once, until he um, got a call from one of his sponsors that happened to be an airline. So put it into context, turn back the clock, and imagine you're sitting in your cubicle at the office and this wacky bit of satire comes on your boombox that's tucked in the corner under your commemorative hat from the summer party. The lose an engine on takeoff and flip over onto the interstate 8.30 a.m. air disaster. The stall out and crash back onto the end of the runway lunchtime air disaster. The ripped off front half of the fuselage and a stewardess gets sucked out vacation air disaster. Yes, the Federal Aviation Administration sees all kinds of mishaps in the air. No matter what hour of the day you're traveling, whether you're on business or on vacation, whatever airlines you choose, the odds are we'll get you. So we here at the FAA are rededicating ourselves to put more planes in the air with more passengers than ever before. 
and our pilots fly more hours and at much greater speeds. So every once in a while we drop a tire over Kansas City or smash into a mountain. That loved one you lost in a big orange fireball died on a convenient flight that was on schedule. And they got a nice onboard snack as well. Commercial air travel. We'll try not to kill you. Hello, I'm Britt Johns, and welcome to Evolution Connection, the show that studies man's evolution via arbitrary, unorthodox, and seemingly obscure connections. Today, we're going to look at the evolution of the modern warplane. To do this, we have to go back to 800 BC and observe the actions of a small group of tribesmen in the Himalayan jungle. I'm standing in the middle of a battlefield in the Himalayan Alps, where a tribal chief by the name of Bulu made an interesting observation. Whenever two men fought, hand to hand in those days, the tussle could last for hours. However, if one of the men were to fall down and hit his head against a rock, the fight would be over. The man left standing the winner. Bulu tried to train his fighters to force their opponents' heads to hit rocks but it was Chief Bulu's brother, Paul, who suggested the fighters pick up the stones and bring the hard object to the head of the opponent. A revolutionary idea. But would it work? On the morning of August 12, 799 BC, at about 6.30 AM, two warriors were involved in a quarrel over a shred of venison. Their names were Ongo and Jerry. Ongo had been trained by Chief Bulu and did his best to trip Jerry and make him hit his head against a rock. Jerry, who'd been trained by Paul, picked up a sharp rock, swung it around his head, and you can guess what happened next. They were both hit by lightning and died instantly. Terra from above was experienced, and it was only a hop, skip, and a jump to the production of the modern warplane. I'm standing in Nairobi Air Force Base, surrounded by the creme de la creme of the world's jet fighter aircraft. One need only take a look at these war machines to know how much we are indebted to Chief Bulu's brother Paul for our security and national safety. It is as a result of his efforts that we are able to live in a civilized society with shopping malls, schools, and banks. I'm standing in front of the first American bank in Boston, USA, to prove a point. It's much quieter in front of a bank than it is standing on an airstrip in Nairobi. Silence. Banks. Fighter planes. Rocks. And battling tribesmen. All linked together by one element. The human mind. To be specific, my human mind. I'm Britt Johns. Join me next week for Evolution Connection when I study the development of the modern light bulb from its humble beginnings as a twig in Cro-Magnon times to its modern relation, the tennis ball. That's the Tavi Feierstein. Oh, God. This summer, your kids can camp it up at the place that puts the camp back in summer camp. Camp Feierstein. Oh, God. Send your little rugrats to upstate New York for six glorious weeks on the boards. Your tiny yuppie lava will be greeted with Bernadette Peters blaring hits from Frozen through the tiniest sound system we could find. Then they'll go for a costume fitting by the dresser from the bus and truck of Lakaja Fall. They'll dress up like Rum Tum Tugger and Cats. Caiaphas and Superstar, Elphaba and Wicked, and Bloody Mary in South Pacific. That's girls and boys. At Camp Feierstein, every morning begins with one hour of self-awareness. 
an hour of stretches, an hour at the bar, two hours of tap, then lunch. Yogurt and sprouts. Oh, God. Such a relief when you get to the yogurts and sprouts. Afternoon activities vary, but every evening your little darlings are treated to the pathetic whining of yours truly, Harvey Firestein. At Camp Firestein, the fun doesn't stop until the authorities intervene. Lin-Manuel Miranda lookalike contest, Christian Chenoweth sing-alongs, and catfights. Until your child's big audition when he or she is cut from the final cast because of backstage politics. And they have to pack up their things and go home depressed. Oh, God. So try out for Camp Firestein. We guarantee you'll see a different child come home. Well, there you have it, the Duck Logic Comedy Half Hour, show number 32. Featuring in alphabetical order, Ken Campbell, David Dunlosky, Tom Giannis, Ann and Walter Mitchka, James F. Russell, and Tim Thomas. The Christmas parody medley is off our collection of songs called Holiday Hokum, available on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever fine music is streamed. Join us next time, won't you? I'm not about to tell you what to do, but just subscribe to the Comedy Half Hour if you like what you heard, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Our website is ducklogiccomedy.com, and our old cable show is Cableville USA. It lives on somewhere on YouTube. Portions of the show were previously broadcast on the radio way back in the day under the copyright of Duck Logic Limited and the licenses of WLUP AM and FM in Chicago. And that's 30, as Fahey Flynn used to say. <laughs>